As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Champions of Mind podcast. Weekly content to help you take your mindset, business, health and wealth to the next level. Starring the UK's most in-demand action-taking coaches, Llewellyn and Rhys Davies, with host James Burt. Ladies and gentlemen from around the world, welcome to the chat. I'm going to have a mug bite today, especially for Elliot Wood. Here's my podcast, where every single week we bring you tangible, actionable, and motherfucking usable content from the UK's leading coaches. Llewellyn Davis is in the building, everybody! Stand up. Reese Davis is also oh, in the building. I've been listening to a show on bass on the way up here to Luton Town. I don't know why I said it like that either. And welcome to the show. Very excited. My name is James Bob, your host, your compare. I'm going to be your spiritual guide this morning on the on the journey that we're going to take you on today as well on the show. I'm very excited. As you guys know, we've only ever collaborated with the likes of Grant Cardone. We've ever, only ever shared the stage with the likes of Les Brown. So we only bring on people who are big in the game. Strong as that again. Who are big in the game? <laughs> You've got, you got a number for a taxi. <laughs> Someone get this fuck for a taxi. Uh, and we only bring people onto the show who can actually bring tangible, actionable, usable content that you guys can implement into your day-to-day life and actually use moving forward. We don't bring people on because of their network. We don't bring pre- people on because we can leverage their fucking audience or any of that good shit. We only bring people on who can actually help you guys move forward. Today on the show... I'm looking up at the accolades. I'm going to count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, nine, nine. There's about 30 <laughs> certificates on one side. I'm going to turn around the other way. This is shit audio, but great for the video. There's like 40 pictures on the other side. This guy's got more accolades than you could shake a fucking shitty stick at. Uh, he is, he's been featured on GMTV, BBC Radio 2, Virgin Radio, Top Sante Magazine, Woman's Own. Yeah. Uh, this, the, right. the, the times. <laughs> this morning, he's got a 20-year... Expertise in the prof- and professional experience. He's a hypnosis expert, NLP, modern psychology. He's an expert in phobias. He's the author of si- uh, three self-help books. He's a TV hypnotist, uh, and he started his entrepreneurial journey at just the age of 15. Ladies and gentlemen, give him a round of applause. Elliot Wald's on the show, everybody! Morning! I don't know where the fuck this show's going to go, but I'm excited about it already. So, Elliot, yo, yo, yo. This, is, this, is, more a, than you, this is a bit of a weird one because I don't know Elliot as well as you two know Elliot. So normally I sort of uh, direct the conversation, but today yeah. it's kind of going to be down to you guys a little bit. Because Firstly, before you carry on, James, I'd just like to say thanks, Miles Addy, for being here. New cameraman, he's black. And it just, it just cements a lot of things. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it feels so good having a black man in the room with me, bro. Because we're being mad <laughs> and he ain't even looked at once. Oh, no, he, he gets it. Takes it in his stride, man. Takes it in yeah. his stride. Um, black power, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Loon. Yeah, yeah. Especially in Loon. What a way to start the show. This is starting strong. This is starting strong. So there's not many people. So if people know about Louis and Reese, the terrible twins back in the day, um, and even you guys now, you don't suffer fools gladly. You're not easily impressed by people. Mm. What people, uh, e- exceptional results become quite standard in your world quite quick. And I've never, and I'll say this openly, I've never heard you two talk as positively about anybody as I have regarding Elliot. Mm. 
Um, he pops up on Facebook. You're like, this guy's a dog. This guy's like us. This guy's a throwback. This guy helped us out at the beginning of our journey. This guy was seminal to our journey. When we were charging too little, he was the one who called us out when you fuckers need to be charging people more money. Um, you know, and I've never heard you talk about someone in that sort of brotherly fashion that stays close to the fire. You've got nothing but respect for. You've got nothing but good things to say. Like literally, I've never met anyone <coughs> who you've got nothing but good things to say apart mm. from Elliot. Mm. How did you? How did you guys all come together? Because a hypnosis expert with twenty years experience, certificates up on the wall, is not the normal person that you two gravitate towards. Trust me. Having met him for five minutes, I kind of get it, but. Explain to the people at home. You, you, oh, here, James, I, I was doing cardio for a bodybuilding show back in the terrible twins days, right? And I remember being tagged on Facebook off a man called Elliot Wold. And he tagged me because he was doing cardio watching one of my YouTube videos. So I've done a little bit of due diligence, clicked onto his profile. Or, okay, then hypnosis expert, typed his name in Google. And what you see on the wall GMTV and all that good stuff. It started coming up on Google and says, Louis, look, look who's following us. Look who's watching our content. And that's originally how it started because he was watching our stuff when he was doing cardio. But what I found really interesting, he weren't just a hypnosis expert. He was a man that trained as a bodybuilder, competed as a bodybuilder himself. And I was like, oh, wow, Louis, is this like the start of a new thing? Because we were trying to break out the fitness industry and attract people like, like Elliot. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I never thought <coughs> people like him would appreciate my content because I was so, so raw and rough. So is this back in the, this is the terrible twins? Yeah, two, 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 way terrible back. Twins Ten years way ago, back. Yeah, years way ago. back. Way back in time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and what was it that first attracted you towards what the boys were well, putting out at that point? Because it was very I, rough and raw. I think, I think what it is is this. People, people judge you, right? People don't have an understanding. They judge you based on today. What they haven't seen is what it took to get to today, mm. where you've come from, your background, the values you hold, the principles you hold, and, and, and the motherfucking action that it takes to get to where you are today. And then people look at you and go, listen, there you are on TV, there you are, you've written three books, here you have done this. But yeah, but to get to there, I wasn't your kind of spiritual kind of gravitate towards crystal healing kind of guy. I came from a, a hard upbringing, you know, a tough upbringing. I had it fucking hard as a kid, right? You know, I left home very, very young. And I've always been around. My family has always been within the bodybuilding industry. You know, I've always trained with hardcore people. I've always been balls to the wall training, you know, from like 15 years old when I first went into a gym. So I'm looking and I'm going, wow, that's like, that's like a brother for me. That's like, you know, that's something that I relate to because look at these two twins. Look at these two guys. Look at them in training. And they're like, they're raw. They're like, I was way back in the yeah, day raw, yeah. like, you know, cut from the same cloth. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's something that we really connected on, on another level mm -hmm. together and realized that, okay, we all want to go somewhere. They kind of weren't quite sure on the path they wanted to get to. Trust me. But I could see that they had the potential <laughs> to get there. And this wasn't just another another couple of bodybuilders because they had potential, but they also were kind of like down to earth. And we were like, we all say it as it is. That's my reputation. I'm a no bullshit, tell you straight down the line kind of guy. And, and so therefore I gravitated towards them because they were of the same ilk. And I want to add something as well. Me and Reese have met hundreds of thousands of people. And this is the one relationship where people or Elliot didn't get in touch with us for an alternative motive. I appreciate where you're at with your life. I could see where you could potentially go. I'm a lot more experienced than you. Let's have a talk. And it was great. It was authentic. It was transparent. And there was no motive outside of great friendship. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things where, especially at the moment, we yeah. get pitched a dozen, a couple of dozen times a week, you know, whether it be a social media <laughs> company or whether it be a sports club or whatever. People are now, in this day and age, I, I, well, this day and age, it's the only day and age I sort of operate at this level of business. People <clears throat> always approach with an outcome in mind. It sounds like you guys literally connected for the sake of connecting because you were Definitely. cut from the same yeah. cloth. That, let me, ex let me explain something. It's really, really, really important. In today's 2019, in today's era, in training and business, the reason we talk about transferable skills because everything that we've been built on or everything that we've now built was used or utilised from the mindset that we've got in the gym. When Elliot speaks about, when we question Elliot on his past, you'll see the only reason he's got those accolades on the wall is because of what he's prepared to put himself Dog through. Mentality. Dog mentality. Nothing that he's achieved has ever 
have been handed to him. You know, so once you find people like that in your life, there hasn't got to be an outcome. You just need to be around them. In 2019, there's a lot of bullshit artists mm. collaborating for the sake of collaborating. But behind closed doors, they could get no fucking honest work done together anyway. That's what we keep saying at the moment. There's no win to there's be had. There's no there. win to be had in sitting down with some people. I, we call, that, I call that the whiff it <laughs> mentality, right? Whiff it. What's in it for them? Yeah, yeah. I That's the whiff it mentality. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's what's in it for them. And if there's nothing in it for them, they're not behind doing it. Well, yeah. you've got you've got the wrong desire. You've got the wrong approach. You know, that's the way I look at it. You, you know, one thing before we go talk about Elliot and stuff is that after the back of Elliot tagging me, we built rapport over a period of time and Louis and Elliot, you know, they had a conversation. They were going to write a book together. So we wanted to go over to Spain. And Elliot's got a place in Spain where they're going to do some content and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, okay, firstly, I have no money for a fucking plane, okay, for a flight. Secondly, I don't, I don't need money for a hotel because he's got his own place. But thirdly, what do I fucking say to a doctor, a hypnosis expert? Is he like, what's he going to be like in person? I genuinely was nervous. Remember me telling you, Louis? Like, well, what do you do? Like, P's and Q's and what? Because but at this stage, James... Yeah, motherfuckers, in... P's and Q's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like in this limbo part of yeah, yeah. my life. And I remember getting on the plane... With, with about 100 quid to my name and you bought me my first black H watch, Hugo which is a Hugo, Hugo Boss, Boss watch. It was a black watch with orange dials. And I was like, uh, uh, you like, just whatever, mate. And he bought me my first ever fucking watch. My, my first ever watch, right? Then after that, when we got to Spain, I'm sure Elliot will talk about it later on, it was game over. I knew Elliot was cut from the same cloth. <laughs> Yeah, I, got yeah, the, yeah. I got the pictures yeah. of us in the supermarket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was fucking game over. <laughs> so, so what is your... Let, let's dig into Elliot a little bit here, just to give some context to the content. Sure. 20 years experience within, within professional experience within hypnosis, NLP, modern psychology. Yep. When, when someone comes to you at like a, uh, a dinner party or whatever and says, nice to meet you, Elliot, what is it that you do? What's your response? I so, you know, what do I do? I'm, I'm a hypnotist. I change people's lives. But I change people's lives for the better. So I have a, a variety of different hats, if you like, to my profession. So I see individual clients who come to me who want therapy, want to overcome a phobia, they have anxiety issues, depression. So that's one hat I wear. I have another group of clients who come to me with performance enhancement. So usually athletes or business and who want to improve their performance. So that's a performance enhancement. I then do seminars and motivational talks on body language, rapport building, communication skills. So that, and, and I've written, you know, as you said, three books. Um, so kind of there, that's, but they all come from the same core, you know, and, and I draw on my skills and my, my experience in life to accomplish that, as well as obviously a shitload of studying and a hell of a lot of books I've read and stuff that I've listened to and people I've surrounded myself. But it's not, you don't always learn the best things from a professor, for example. You know, I've been around lots of professors and listened to lots of lectures all over the world. But it's about learning things from, from you know, what did you say? Transferable skills, yeah, right? Transferable yeah, yeah. skills, yeah. Right? It's all about learning transferable skills. You know, I use the gym as a great analogy to lots of my clients who come and see me because they, they want to deal with anxiety. So I use that as an analogy like, you know, your brain is a muscle. It's, it's, it's the best muscle you have. But if you want to do... If you decided you were going to start in the gym because you wanted to have bigger biceps, right? You don't expect to go into the gym once, right? You expect to go to the gym twice. Do you expect to go to the gym three times? How many times is enough to get the biceps that you want bigger? Well, the answer is until. You know, it's like the muscle in your arms. You keep working it until. So the muscle in the brain. So I use that analogy and I use that, that part of my life to help my clients. So kind of that's what I explain to people that I do. Um, what was it that got you into that in the first place? Because it sounds like you didn't come from, well, I don't know what background normally a hypnotist would, would come from. Yeah. But but what got you into it in the first place? You say you're from like a, a rough background cut from the same cloth as these boys. So, yeah, so what... I mean, I, I left home. So, so to give you a, a, you know, a quick background check of um, of my background. So, so my dad was killed when I was very, very young. Um, I was then shipped off to a boarding school. I didn't really come home from that boarding school. When I did, I came home. My mother had remarried a man um, who I then had to refer to as my stepdad. This man was quite an affluent man, but had a real, you know, nasty, I called him the pig. And, you know, he beat the life out of me. 
you know, came me till I bled. Um, that was my upbringing. And at 14, I found a gym and I found I belonged. And it was like a family. It was like, you know, this is a hardcore gym. And I had people who took me under their wing and it kind of went from there. So I left home at 15, started my own business during the weekend, still went to school. I don't know if you want me to talk about, you know, how I started my business and where that came from. But basically I, I found this, this, this thing called Unimark and it was um, a, a, an air compressor with a little engine. And I found this little jar of aluminum oxide and a stencil. And so I would, I, I negotiated, but I negotiated via a second party because here I am at 15 and who's going <clears> to <throat> negotiate with a 15 year old. So I hired this guy to be the front of my company who was 30 years old. And via him, I negotiated with Asda, pretending to be him on the phone, right? And put on an older voice and negotiated to hire Asda car parks in the weekend. And I had about five of them. And I paid back in the day, we're going back like, you know, I'm nearly 50 this year. We're going about 35 years and I'd pay 150 pounds to hire the car park for a weekend. And I'd get this older guy who was 30 to drive me to the car park. I would dress up in this white, um, like a welder would use, I don't know what you call them, like an overall kind of thing, with car security on the back of it. And I'd go up to cars and I'd go, you know, we're here from car security, you know, a lot of cars in the area getting stolen. And then they break them down and sell them. But of course, if you have your registration on all the glass parts, then it's not worth them. They can't just change the number plates and resell them. They'd have to change all the panels of glass. And people sit there and think, oh yeah, they're right. They could just change my number plate and resell the car. But if the registration's on every glass panel, then uh, they couldn't do that. I said, of course, they're going to steal the car, but which would you rather steal if you were a thief? Wouldn't you steal the car that needs less work? You don't have to change all the windows to resell it. And so I'd get a sale and it'd be like 15, 20 pounds. And I knew that I had to cover my 150 pound a week. I knew I had to get enough money to live on. I knew I had to pay this older guy the money for driving me there and his expenses. So I knew I had to take 500 pounds in a weekend of sales. And then I started understanding the process of, okay, well, if you sell at a certain price and you've got certain expenses, you've got to have a certain markup and then you've got to have certain profits. And then what are those net profits? And I began to learn from the age of 15, not through going to a business school, but through doing it on the weekends that I need enough money to eat and to live on at 15 years old. So that took me into the world of business, if you like. And I kind of, you know, tangent around about that. And, and by the end of it, by the time I was 17, <coughs> I had um, five friends from school who would come out on the weekends. Um, I had the, the car park during the week. I was making about 700 pounds clear 35 years ago a week. Your money back in those As days. a 17 year old. That's so more than half the fuckers are now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. So so I took those concepts of business and then I um, I was interested, you know, I was interested in training. I competed from the age of 17 as a bodybuilder. Um, I'd competed numerous, numerous times. And I thought, you know, there's more just to training than there is just through your body. You know, there's a massive part of your mind that comes into play to get the best performance, right? And so I began to read and I began to listen to you know, we didn't have podcasts back in my day. Fuck, we didn't even have the internet. Um, and I began to read and began to learn things. And I got more involved, more involved in performance enhancement. I met a guy called Dr. Richard Bandler, who was the co-creator of NLP. And Richard and I really got on well. We hit it off. And so I started learning from Richard. And I don't know if any, any of you older people remember Paul McKenna. Paul McKenna was a, a hypnotist on the TV in the 80s. Paul and I became good friends. I began to learn from Paul McKenna, Richard Bandler. And I just began to put myself in the arena of learning from many, many people. I went back to London University, the Burbank College, and began to study again. And um, I just found I had this niche in, in real understanding people from what I went through. You know, I had an empathy with people. I may not have been through something as bad as you, or I might have been through something worse to me. It's not, you know, that's not what it's about. It doesn't matter. Um, and, and, I suddenly realized that everything that I'd been through kind of had a reason. Um, and, and I utilized that in helping my clients understand them and help them move forward and, and break through the barriers that they had limiting themselves. James, one thing that stuck out for me here, you can't cure people if you haven't cured yourself. Yeah, We're living in a modern era where people think a certification allows them to become a coach. Yeah. When you sit down with people of Elliot's ilk at the age of 49, if you do not have a story to back up the process that you take your clients through or your message that you preach, 
you're not congruent. Mm. And one of the reasons that he, Elliot gets such good, profound results is because when he walks clients through a process, he can always, always rely on an emotional experience that he's gone through. Yeah. And I think ultimately that's the biggest connection that he has with the market, with the people that he wants to help. I think a lot of people looking at Elliot and look at us will admire what we do or where we're going, right? And I was talking to one of my clients about it the other week. No one really appreciates the level of adversity actually required to be successful. Yeah. That there is no other way, yeah. right? Because with adversity comes emotion, right? And with emotion and experience comes value. You don't get value from just reading a fucking book. And what a lot of people do that are tapping into this podcast now is you will celebrate our adversity wanting the same success, but you're not prepared to go for the same level of adversity yeah. to achieve it. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, I always say yeah. you can't get rich if you've never been broke. Yeah. Some, <laughs> peop some people you know say I mean? I've never had to worry about money. Well, you'll never truly be rich. I've never experienced pain, so you won't feel, you won't know what true joy feels like. Yeah. Mediocrity is an actual thing. I, I think as well, when you meet someone like Elliot, or Dr. Elliot, Sorry, Dr. Elliot. No, just Elliot's cool. Oh, I want to call you Dr. Elliot. I want to be official and shit for the podcast. I only do that when I'm going to get book a flight. I'm kind of, <laughs> I told you. I'm kind of looking for an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yes, doctor. And then I'm just hoping they don't think I'm some sort of medical doctor because yeah. that's not why I'm a doctor. You know, my doctorate's in clinical hypnosis. My doctorate isn't, you know, listen, everybody listening out there, do not contact me if you want to know what immunization jabs you will need to go to India <laughs> you, or Africa. Do not send me a DM. Hey, but I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. So the we'll only time I use a title like that is, well, maybe I'll get an upgrade. Yeah. And, and then I'm just praying with my fingers crossed that nobody has a heart attack. Nothing happens. Paging, calling Dr. Ward. Can you come and help me in front of the plane, please? <laughs> no, I definitely yeah. Fuck yeah! But I think but back in the day, like you said, you didn't have podcasts. It probably took a bit more to get the knowledge that yeah. Elliot's got. Whereas these days, you can. I saw this weekend. I saw someone who's done a certificate to be a life coach, James. and I know for a fact it's taken them forty-eight hours. James, and that group motherfucker, on. group on, man, oh, crazy. Twenty quid, group yeah, yeah. on. Group Listen, on. Let me tell you something. Here's my philosophy on group on. If you are in business, if you're in business and you turn to group on. Because to expand your business, you got no fucking business. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's desperation. <laughs> no, 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 no. Is that an analogy? That's not an analogy. turn to Groupon, desperation. If you turn to business, if you turn to Groupon, if you got a business, you're. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? In a nutshell, <laughs> you have just taken any value you had in your business and you just washed it. You just rinsed yourself. Let me tell you. <laughs> Big shout out to uh, this week's sponsor, Groupon. Yeah, we yeah, appreciate yeah. your advertising pounds. Cheers yeah. for that guy. So what was it? At 15 years old, obviously at that point you had to feed yourself. So you leave home and you, you see Unimark as an opportunity. So let's which let's I know for back, from your background, it cost 1,500 <coughs> quid to 15, get started. 1,500 pounds. Huge sum of money. That was a massive sum of money. I'd been a paper boy uh, as a kid. I don't know if they know what a newspaper boy is, but you go Remember around a little days. bicycle, you throw your newspaper through the front door at like 6am before school. Yeah. And um, I'd saved that money. It was all my savings that I had. As I said, I had to find somebody to front my company who was older, who could drive, who looked like they should own the business because who would do business with a 15-year-old yeah. spotty little kid? Well, no, I was never really spotty. I was just a handsome beast. But, uh, <laughs> it's fucking pissed. Man's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so so kind of, what was the question, James? <laughs> remember, you called yourself a handsome beast and then I fucking lost a point. I think, I, think, I think the question was around what, what made you decide to get into business at 15? Uh, money. I needed money. Listen, this is, this, is, this is how simple it is in life, right? If you're hungry and you, and, you, and you haven't got the money to feed yourself, let me tell you something. You're going to have a desire to feed yourself. People who have food, it's like, it's like Louis said earlier, right? If you've been born with it, if you've been given it, or if yeah. it's around you, you've not had to work for it, you're never going to appreciate it. Mm. I was hungry. I was hungry because not, not necessarily hungry in the sense of business. <laughs> I was physically hungry. Physically hungry. Like I needed to eat. And the yeah. only way you're going to eat is to buy food. And where are you going to get the money from to buy food? You've got to find the money. So where did, so where did you see the Unimark thing? And where did you think at 15, I'm going to spend £1,500 of my life savings on so, so this opportunity? I bought, uh, so I, I was in, um, I don't even remember, but I was in a town and I saw someone doing it in the car park and I thought, I could do that. I can do that. So then I kind of began to phone around. We didn't have the Google and the internet, yellow pages, Thompson directory, you know, let your finger do the walking. 
uh, easy. And um, <laughs> soundbite. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, so you go back, and I found out where it was manufactured, and I bought the machine, and, and I put all my money into it. And I had these boards made, right? Car security. Mm. Oh, and I, and I walked around with a, a, a booklet, a pamphlet, and I'd flick through the pages of how many cars have been stolen in your area because I kept the newspaper cones. You know, who, who taught you? To, you nobody. You did this. James. Nobody. James. I, I've said this from day one. Creative through desperation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get me, Rubio. definitely. Creative through desperation. Remember what, uh, what Elliot says with hungry. Hunger isn't something that you are; it's something that you physically are. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. When Les Brown says you've got to be hungry, why do you think that when Reese wants more success, he starves himself, he fasts? Yeah. There's I need great to feel pain, man. Needs, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I need to I feel think that's pain. That's why we gel so much. We kind of realise that you know. I'm prepared to put myself through pain. Yeah, of course. You know, I'm, I'm prepared to, you know, I'm prepared to go all out, do whatever it takes. Now, a lot of people will talk that talk, okay. but they don't follow that. Let me add yeah, value yeah. to that. We went to Spain. Elliot oh, yeah. collapsed at the gym front door. His legs give away and he physically couldn't walk. He couldn't move. I shit myself. Louis shit himself. Elliot laughed. About 15 minutes later, he got up, walked up to the gym, and we trained. And we trained hard. Yeah. We trained aggressive. Yeah, yeah. That's in, right. In the heat. I, I said to Elliot, how can you even comprehend or make sense of that? It, logically, it makes no sense training after you've just fucking collapsed. He says, what other choice do we have? Yeah. What other choice do we have? And it's, So you've, you've had that uh, ethos from, from a young boy. But still, yeah, the, the business acumen bit really interested me because where did you you saw someone in a car park doing it? But how did you know it was going to make? I didn't money. I didn't. And the pamphlet I, knew, and all I didn't. That. But I saw I saw an outlet that had the potential of making money, and I could see the the. the hang on a minute. I wonder how much that aluminium oxide costs, oh, and you, they they charge fifteen to twenty pounds. So then I researched and I realised aluminium oxide cost about two pence to etch all the windows in a car. And I could charge 15 to 20 pounds because I, I, there's always added value, right? Or va I love added value. So I would go and I'd pitch the car and I'd go, I can do all your windows for you and uh, get it all done while you're shopping, right? And you come out and have all the windows etched with your registration plate. It's all done for you. And that's 15 pounds. And as they start to walk, and they go, yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I, and I never asked for it um, except I took my clothes. My clothes on the business was, okay, you go and get your shopping done and be ready for you when you come back. I never, ever said, would you like it done? I never, ever once did I ask, would you like this done? I, I assumed, I took the assumption they were going to get Assum it done. Assumptuous pre sale, just like Starbucks and their upsell with the coffee yeah, size. Yeah, yeah. Assumptuous yeah. sale. And what, one thing I want every listener to really understand <laughs> is that now it's almost fashionable to say you're an entrepreneur, a property investor, or a developer, right? It's a fucking market trend. Back in the day, it weren't a trend. It was literally do or die. Definitely. So you're seeing Elliot and you're hearing his story. He has lots of entrepreneurial skills and traits, but he did it because if he didn't do that, the motherfucker would have died through yeah. starvation. Definitely. And that's what people really yeah. don't and, get and now. Let, let me add something now. People like corporations like Starbucks are doing assumptuous sales. Um, Elliot Wald weren't in a place to ask, would you like that done, sir? When you go into a deal and you're predicated next meals on that, you assume that you're going to get it. Yeah. And then you talk about, you know, upselling, you know, which we, we have this, this word that we use upselling now, yeah. which I didn't even know what that word meant. Yeah. But I would charge 15 pounds for the windows. And as they're walking away, I'd go, I'll tell you what, I can do your front lights, your rear lights, your side lights. I'll tell you what, I'll throw them all in for an extra five pounds. Call it 20 pounds. I'll do the whole car. Not only will I do your windows, your side windows, your front window, your rear window, the two quarter panels. I'll do your front lights, your rear lights, your side lights and your tailgate lights. And we just call it twenty pounds. So suddenly, I had a five pound upsell from a fifteen pound sale. It was now a twenty pound sale. In terms of how much it cost me to do that, aluminium oxide is like two pence to do them all. It's not even another halfpenny to do the extra panels. But I got an extra five pound sale. Um, halfpenny for everyone that's listening. <laughs> that you must be over forty-five to understand <laughs> that. Serious? What the, the fuck? fuck? Tuppence and that. Man's talking about Taxi what? Halfpenny. <laughs> what the fuck? So where did you make the transition from the business acumen to the mindset stuff? Well, I, I mean, I don't and know if... And meeting Bandler and all of those original... Do you know what you just did there? When did he make the transition? It's something that you... It's j it happens. Yeah, just exactly. It just happens. You're in when, it. You're in evolution. it. Yeah. You're in it. It's, yeah, um, evolution. When yeah, did me and my evolution. brother... When did me and my brother change from the drug dealing 
into business. Yeah, we we, we treat I mean? the we yeah. treat the 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 professional business like a drug deal. There's no certificate. There's no job title. There's no book. That shit just happens when you work. Do you know what I mean? And it's the look end of that at, interview then. Yeah, yeah. no, but, Listen, but <laughs> let me tell you something, James. When, when, I, when I, I left home at fifteen, right? I left home at fifteen because uh, my half brothers, who are eleven years younger than me, they're twins, right? Um, their father, my stepfather, and um, hit them, right? And that's when I knocked him the fuck out, right? And that was the first time I was ever arrested. And I sat in a police cell at fifteen years old with no guardian, no parent, because my mum wouldn't come down there. Wow. So. I've kind of gone through a very similar experience. Might not have been a drug dealer, but I had an aggressive nature. You know, what I went through, it took me a number of years, probably from the age of 15 right through to my early 20s, right, where I was never a bully. But if there was a, if there was a fight, I was going to be in the middle of that motherfucking fight because I had all of this chip on my shoulder that I needed to have an outlet for. I needed to find a way of, of fucking diluting it and getting rid yeah. of it so that I wasn't feeling it. So I was never a bully, but if one of my mates got bullied, motherfucker, I'm going to be in there. And the amount of times I got arrested and stuck in police stations in Tottenham, in South London, all over the place, you know. And I look back on that and I'm not, I don't feel bad about it. I look yeah. back at it and go, that was my learning lessons. That was my lessons that I learned. While everybody else was, you know, listening to some parent who would model and educate them and teach them and 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 how weak is that now because those motherfuckers are working nine to five and you trust know, me earning oh, fuck all me. you know i don't work for nobody you know you work and for me and reese <laughs> <laughs> good boy oi, oi. we all work for louis and reese oi, oi. And Hashtag so, real talk. <laughs> so so kind of we come from we have if you yeah. if you know if as we talk about cutting from the same cloth and we said it many many times it's true. You've got that bit of material and, and that material is very, very similar. You know, we may have gone different elements in the past, but I, I needed an outlet for that. And so when you say, how did I get into then psychology and how did I get into hypnosis and how did I get into NLP and personal performance and things like that? It's, it's a, as, as Louis said, it's a, it's a continual movement. I want to flip the script just for a second. It's the exact same journey that you've been on for the last two years. You've gone through this transition. And people could say, well, what's the transition? You're just on it now. You don't know. You don't know. The pivot, there's no pivotal point. So, it's a great point and a shit question. Thanks, yeah. guys. No, so look at how you now conduct yourself amongst people that don't get it based on the experiences that you've got. Yeah. You're a yeah. different beast now, James. Yeah. You're going through what we've gone through for 30 years for the last two. And I think one Does that point. Does make sense, bro? I'm basically young Elliot Ward. Well, one, <laughs> Just not as good looking. With a bigger nose, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what, oh, yeah one point that. that I really wanted to re reiterate is <laughs> all genuine progressive change comes from the core. So it's not influenced externally. You know, it's not because the market's saying, oh, it's fashionable to be an entrepreneur, or it's fashionable to make, you know, four, five, six, seven hundred thousand pounds a year, which we all make times fucking three. It's something that we've driven from our core and our belief system. And that's what I think a lot of people fucking lack. Mm -hmm. They lack belief. They lack core values because yeah. they're too busy buying into every other fucker. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. So <laughs> although it was just a transition, was there a, how did you end up interested in it in the first place? Because at one point, you're, you're okay, etching so, so I think stuff it on windows. From, it, I think we're possibly, if I look back, it's, I've never really analysed it or really thought about it because yeah. I've Sit back and relax and it. think about it for me for a minute. Okay. Uh, think about it deeper. He's about Ooh. to hypnotise you. Think about it deeper. Shit, that's like, all I've got. That's all I've got. If you don't work now, I'm fucked. I feel like I'm going, man. You are. Really, really slowly. <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny. This funny is funny fucking saying, weird. Right? Let me tell you something, right? <laughs> you know, when people talk about drugs, let me just tell you something, right? Have you ever, have you, uh, just be honest with me, Joseph, have you ever smoked a spliff? Yeah. Like back in the day when you were young, yeah? Yeah. Right. Can, can I've you, never can, tried it. Can, can you put the microwave, can you, can you do this for me? Just make the four corners of the universe. Hey, you look like you've smoked a spliff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, man. Do that, right? And you can see the four corners of the universe. I mean, who the fuck hasn't smoked a joint in their life, right? Yeah. Four corners of the universe. You see the four corners? Now watch this. This is hypnosis for you, right? And you take a deep breath in through the four corners. This is how you breathe. Wait, wait, wait. Let me show you first, right? You go... Hold it, hold it, hold it. You go, that's breathing through the four corners of the universe, man. Right? And then you take it again, right? Like, I've never done that. that man, that shit's real, man. You get stuck, you know, your brain will start to feel exactly the way you did that first time you smoked a joint. And then you do this, watch this, watch this, right? You take your thumb and your finger, and you put it inside the mouth, you do that. 
and your mice plots become slightly analgesic. Mm. And you know why? Because the only person that's ever done that is a dentist when they put anesthetists inside of your mouth so you that feeling is associated with it. We associate things mm. that happen in life. So I'm on stage talking about the four corners of the universe and I go, and other people like cocaine, and I go, and you hear people in the audience going, yeah, of because these are associations we have stuck in their mind. So be careful what you wish for when you talk about hypnosis. Anyway. What was the question? <laughs> Fuck knows, I'm still holding the four corners of the earth. Yeah. Going, I'm just going to smoke this in the gym. <laughs> yeah, so how did you get in? I don't even know what the fucking question was. How did you get into it? I just think it was a progression. I think it was it was dealing with my own issues, if you want yeah. to call them issues. I think it was my own aggression, everything I'd been through. And I think I found a way of resolving that. And I thought, well, if I can resolve my own things, I, I want to go as far as saying, on behalf of me, Reese, and you, it's a self-therapy. Yeah, definitely. It's something that we have to do to get from where we were to a place of normal in our mind. It, but it, because of the way that we wired, we quickly progress from normal into brilliance. Elliot yeah. said it about 10 minutes ago. He said he needed to, to be aggressive to outlay yeah. an energy that he didn't want to keep himself. And with myself, you, everyone knows how fucking aggressive I have been in the past. And I've, I've actually rang Elliot many times in the past saying, bro, yeah, yeah. I can't control my aggression. I need, I need some help, right? The end of the day, the moment one thing fits into that fucking aggressive space and knocks it off, that, that's your calling. And yeah. for me, personal development and business development and doing what I'm doing now has kind of enabled me to focus all of my energy now on that rather than <coughs> yeah, appreciating yeah. how fucking crazy I was. I'm, I'm still, I, I, but if I think about it, I'm still aggressive. I'm yeah, still yeah, aggressive, yeah. right? The difference is I've learned where to apply my aggression. Exactly I now apply my aggression in business. I apply my aggression to help my clients make amazing changes. I apply my aggression in the gym. As you'll see later on, right? You know, not many people, most people will give you the bullshit. Yeah, I train really hard. Just wait and see. We'll take my physical ability out of the equation right now, but you'll see the intensity yeah. and how I apply myself. And that is how I like to apply myself to every facet of my life. Mm. I want to highlight something. About five minutes ago, Elliot said that he had chip on his shoulder. A lot of people are going to perceive a chip on your shoulder to be something of a negative nature. You can't do what he's doing with the injuries that he's got. Go from where he's gone to what he's become without a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, you can't. You either utilise it or you don't. Yeah. I celebrate the chip on the shoulder yeah. that I've been born with. Gary yeah. Vee just uploaded a press fucking, about it. James, it's an asset if you understand it. It's, I will, it's like a diamond, right? A diamond doesn't start off being all shiny and sparkly when you take it out of the ground. You know, you've got to chip away at the diamond. You've got to polish its edges. That's why it becomes shiny and valuable. Do you know what you said to me? Three years ago, I could probably even get it on an old phone of mine. You said to me, Elliot, you won't even remember this. You're like a raw diamond. We've just got to keep polishing the edges. You I said remember that you to me. Yeah. Yeah. You said that to me three, four, four years ago in this office when me and Georgia were together for six months and we did six videos here and six videos in the gym. I remember, I remember, Do you remember bro? Louis, yeah. I remember four or five years ago after he bought me my, my watch on the plane, I remember looking down at his wrist and he was wearing a fucking Rolex. Isn't it fucked up how things change now, yes. Doctor? Yes. Doctor E! Bad Doctor boy. E! Yeah, boy. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Let me just go yeah. one further. We've got under Mont Blanc. You can live with Mont Blanc. Yeah! I told you. I remember showing them what a Mont Blanc was, right? I told you, man. Yeah, here in my office. You made me. I said this to James. You said to me, Louis, it's physically impossible for you to get what you want if you're writing with a pen like that. You gave me a crazy analogy about the Mont Blanc pen. You made me put my pen to one side and the rope with yours you had a pen holder here and you had six yeah. Mont Blancs in there that's right six yeah, yeah. originator mate because yeah. you know what people write with a big well if you're going to write with a big you're going to have a big mentality that's the what I told yeah. you this you either have a big mentality you have a Mont Blanc mentality it's as simple as that in life mm. and now there's nothing wrong with being a big life has to be full of some bigs right <laughs> if you want to be a big go ahead and be a big <laughs> me I wasn't born to fit in yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. simple yeah. What, what's the main thing because you, you obviously over the 20 years you've dealt with hundreds of clients thousands of delegates what's the the main thing that you see hold people back and you've got you know two decades worth Self, of experience self-belief yeah. let yeah. me tell you something ITV came to me 
Uh, I did like a good couple of weeks of ITV Live on this morning show, and every single day I didn't had a different phobia to cure, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I had, you've got to remember, I had a limited amount of time to help them deal with their phobia. The program only lasts like two hours. So I'm only working with that person two hours. I've never ever met them before, and it's live TV. And let me tell you something about live TV. The thing about live TV is, as opposed to pre-recorded TV, is they don't care. They don't care if it works or it doesn't work. All so they're interested in is viewers, yeah, right? So, yeah. so from ITV's perspective, they don't care if I help that person or don't help that person. It makes good TV. Now, do you think they could get many hypnotists to do that? No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. Because I put my balls on the line. I go, I'll do that. I'll do that within an hour and a half. I'll cure them. And then you can face their fear. And I promise you, I've dealt with it. And I did it day after day after day after day. You know why? Because I came from a place of believing myself. I had already achieved. In my mind, it was already done. I think Louis and Reese say this a lot. Mm. It's already done deal, right? Yeah, yeah I, done deal. I, exactly, a done, done deal, deal, right? Man. It was already done in my mind. I, now we just needed to follow it through. It's already done. Mm. So I've already done it in my head. Now I'm just going to make it the reality for everyone else to look at. Can I just stop you there, Elliot, right? Power James is like... No, yes, no, no, listen, James, listen, yeah. listen. Because people will use what Elliot just said and what me and Louis have echoed for 10 years as a buzzword. Okay, before we done. think it's a done deal, we feel it's a done deal. Yeah. That's the difference. 99% <laughs> of the listeners think we fucking feel. Re That's the difference. Re remember this, we employ the mindset and the emotion way before we take the action. We walk and talk like the champions that we are way before our hands arose. And that's the difference that would make the difference. And how, to, to you guys then, how important is it to feel it rather than just think it before you self-believe it? Bro, sometimes I wake up and I think I'm anxious, but I feel absolutely normal. Sometimes I wake up and I feel anxious and I think I'm absolutely fucking fine. I only ever go with my fucking feelings, brother, because the feelings govern everything. Feelings govern your emotions. Feelings you, govern how you fucking take action. Yeah, if you don't have an emotional attachment to something, yeah. you know, you're not going to follow through with the rest. It's, it's, just, it's called an empty action. Yeah. You're doing it for no reason. If you fight me and you don't feel in your heart and soul that you can win, you will quit way before me. And you can tell, right? Listen to this, yeah? If you're fighting someone in the ring or on the street and they punch you half-heartedly, it gives you so much confidence. If they hit you, you you're now if they hit you and don't try to hurt you, then you think to yourself, I've won, I'll stop this guy over the next three, four, five rounds. If I'm in business with someone and we're having a business deal and I'm pitching them and they're trying to resist the pitch, but they're half-heartedly resisting, I know I've just got to persist and I'll get the deal that I want. All to do with feelings, but you can employ an emotion before you take action. A lot of the people that we're coaching at the moment, we have to teach them to take the action to try to elicit some kind of emotional response yeah, yeah, yeah. because they ain't got the chip on the shoulder that we have. That makes yeah. sense. They're not brave enough to do what Elliot did. But I think so, once you do that, you, once you've done that, and once you've 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 gone through that, you've then you have then build resources, right? Yeah, yeah. So your mind is full of lots and lots of resources, right? Listen, every decision you make today to do something, to not do something, to like something or to dislike something is not made from your conscious decision right now. It's made from your past experiences. Yeah. The reason you know that you can do X or Y here right now today is not because you're doing it X or Y today. It's because of based upon everything you've predisposedly done previously for since the day you were born, your upbringing, your education, your family life, you know, every, every part of your values, your belief system. You know, and when you talk about beliefs, I like to talk about truths, right? I think truths are slightly more respectful than beliefs, but this is just the way I use it. So to me, there are two types of truth. There's what's called an objective truth, right? An objective truth is something that has been proven to be true. So for example, somebody said the world was round and somebody went, no, 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 the world's not round, it's flat. And they tried to disprove it, but came up with the same solution. And I don't know what the number is, but once they tried to disprove it a number of times, but came up with the same solution, that the world was round. That became an objective truth. So we have lots of objective truths in our life. But then we have a personal truth. That's a personal truth that is true to you, right? So then you've got to think about all of those things that you've gone through, your upbringing, your family life, your social life, your education, your experiences, all of that computes in the blink of an eye to decide how you're going to respond. They're all your resources. What people lack is the ability to add more resources or cross over from resources they've previously had to get the results they want. And I think as coaches and as people who help people change lives, and you know, certainly as me as a hypnotist, 
I pull out the resource inside yeah. of them that they never ever see and I show them how to use them in a much more efficient and effective way. I think in the coaching <coughs> context, I, m I might be wrong, but I'm going to try and be a little bit intelligent. It's called lost performatives. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, isn't it, James? Yeah. Um, week two, um, Champions of Mind Coaching Academy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not yeah. booked onto our 2020 <laughs> syllabus, email management at championsofmind.com. £36,000 and you're in. But that, but that um, <laughs> no, I just dropped that in casually, 36 k and you're in. Yeah. But this, I think, highlights how important it is to be around the right sorts of people because... As you just said there, you respond based on the resources that you've got. How many coaches are there and experts are there and practitioners and therapists at the moment who don't understand how to utilise people's but fucking resources I, I need to positively? I, I need to explain something. We talk openly about culture and advocacy. You can't actually get a result from someone just preaching intellect. Mm. You can't get yeah, a result yeah, for someone, true. a sustainable, stickable result just preaching intellect no, it's so important that yeah. you yeah right but and this will be aligned with with elliot right there's some people that will pay so much money just to listen to intellect now elliot right agree with me or disagree how many times have you rubbed people up the wrong way by being truthful oh many yeah and you're many. never going to change are you? and people won't pay you money because it's like Elliot's too fucking truthful and you get a massive portion of the of, of the of of people now that will pay for lip service yeah. because it yeah. gives them a sense of entitlement a sense yeah. of achievement but it's just bull it's fake it's bullshit yeah. but if you come to Elliot Louis Reese or James unfortunately guess what we don't give a fuck. Yeah. We're going to tell you the truth. What, what? I'm, I'm not into the emperor's clothes. And if you know the story of the emperor's clothes, when the emperor walked around and everybody said, you're, you're dressed magnificently, you look fantastic, and he was walking around naked, I'm going to tell you, you're fucking naked, mate. Yeah, yeah. You, need to, <laughs> you need to grow some balls and put some resources on you because you're naked. Mm. You know, I'm not there to give lip service. I'm a no bullshit, no nonsense, straight down the line, going to tell you how it is. Now, as, Re as Reese said, some people don't want that. But then there are other people who do want that. And I think there are people in the marketplace who realise that, that somebody should tell them straight. Yeah, Because man. unless you tell straight, how are you going to grow? Because lies have got you to where you are already. Which is unhappy. Unhappy. Yeah. You know, and I think disproportionately, 99% of business is done on ego and lip service. The 1% that deliver the truth are the 1% that have a smaller amount of advocacy, but longer sustainable results. Yeah, without a doubt. What, what's the, we've got to work towards wrapping up because we're almost an hour in already, which I, I'm, That's not, gone quick. I'm not surprised about, to be fair. What are you, what do most people come to you for? If they, if, when they get you on the phone the first time, what are they coming to you for? I know it might be self-belief is yeah. what they actually so, need. So, so people come to see me for anxiety. Anxiety is one of the biggest things that I right. deal with. Anxiety, um, phobias, they're, they're the two biggest marketplaces that I probably have. And a lot more addictions now. I see yeah. a lot more and more people become dependent because they're looking for an external, something external to deal with their internal feelings. And what they haven't mm. understood is they have to be able to run their own internal diagnostic system and not look for external validation via a drug or via other people mm. to make them feel good. They've got to learn how to make themselves feel good from the inside. And that's kind of what I do. Okay. What's... Um because we like to have tangible, actionable, tactical tips for people. Yeah, good. People who are, and I get the anxiety thing, it's almost been, at the moment, it's been waved, not like a, a badge of honour, but it there is a is, lot, there is is. A lot of is. talk about, I feel, uh, you know, I have anxiety, you don't, you have, you are experiencing, you are experiencing a state of anxiousness, you're yep. not, you don't have anxiety, yeah. you can't physically have it. What would be the one tip that you'd say to people that they can, not deal with it, but sort of become aware of it to try and, maybe deal with it well, a little I, I, bit. I don't know I don't know if it's a, a tip to help become aware of it I think people with anxiety begin to focus on it to the exclusivity of everything else and yes. the more they focus on it the more they begin to see that it's like it's like it's like you getting a new car right the first time you got is it an Audi you got mm -hmm. okay so like when you first got that Audi you suddenly notice that there are other Audis on the road. Reticular oh, wow. activation. Reticular yeah. activation yeah. system. It's like, oh, there's a black one, there's a blue one, there's a silver one, right? And that's exactly what happens uh, with that anxiety. And you begin to think more and more, and you begin to internalize more and more. And as you do that, you know, it's like, it's like putting your hand out and taking a hammer and hitting yourself over the thumb with a hammer over and over and over again and expecting not to feel that pain. Well, the more you hit your hand with a hammer, the more you're going to feel that pain. You've got to change your strategy. So it's not about me giving them saying, okay, so for example, right, they wake up in the morning and it's almost like they, they check with themselves. Am I still feeling anxious? Yeah. 
Yeah, are you? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm still feeling anxious. Where am I feeling? Oh, I'm feeling that anxiety in my stomach. Oh, what have I got today? How bad am I going to feel? How bad am I going to feel? You know, they they are programming their mind mm. to run with a, a a system that is negative for them. So they should wake up in the morning, put the feet on the floor, and jump out of bed and go, "Motherfucker, this is going to be the best day of my life!" Right? And the more you do that, the more you start to reprogram yourself. Mm. Can I can I give you a personal example? Yeah. Because ever, ever I've suffered from anxiety my whole fucking life, right? So this is the thing: you can't decide when and when you're going to be anxious. It just fucking comes, right? And for me, being anxious comes as a feeling. I feel nervous. My, my breath changes. I, I get scared and I panic over fucking nothing. You know, James, because I message you saying I'm yeah. fucking anxious, right? And you can't pinpoint what it is you're fucking anxious about. When, when life's great, but you feel sick, you get scared, you feel nervous, right? So what I did was that I used to lie down in, in a dark room and I used to feel all these emotions. I used to cry, feel scared, feel angry, get frustrated with myself and I look at myself, I'm not sure whether you've heard this analogy um, before, Elliot, um, as like a, a milk bottle and all the emotions that I used to feel, sadness, anger, breathlessness, dizziness, um, muscle fatigue, I'd allow myself to fill up the, this milk jug. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to fight it, I'm embracing these physiological shifts, right? The, 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 these feelings that I'm feeling. And what I did is wait until I get to my absolute limit where I felt like I could break down. I then asked myself to pour the, the jug out. So I'm pouring all the emotions out and I'm physically watching this jug and all these emotions, anger, frustration, dizziness, breathlessness, pour out and it enabled me to almost dilute that emotion back to a neutral state. And that's what I've done for the last 20 years. Yeah. Ah. Do you know, it's yeah, yeah. really powerful. Yeah, I call that leverage in the bucket. So yeah, something yeah, very yeah. similar. You've got buckets in life, you know, yeah. it's what bucket you want to fill up the most and you want to empty the other buckets. Yeah, that's it. I call that leverage in the bucket. Yeah, so, yeah. me, <clears throat> I don't suffer yeah. with anxiety because I genuinely wholeheartedly don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. And you know, you know I'm a roughneck, Lou. I don't give yeah. a fuck. I, I don't give a fuck about I don't people's opinions or nothing. But, but you, you don't, pick and choose as to when you feel it you just get it and you can't explain it that's a frustrating yeah, thing I think, I think yeah I, I agree do you know what I mean it, it's just what you, you, you are like I'm a fucking headstrong former fucking soldier do you know what I mean you don't just pick and choose it but when it comes into your life I genuinely believe firstly learn to embrace it and then get rid of it because it don't serve you where can people find out more information about you Dr Elliot World if they've enjoyed what you've been saying on this podcast which no doubt they have Forget the ifs. Forget the ifs. This is hard work. I'm having to watch ifs and buts. We, 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 we don't do <laughs> ifs. So that you can... When? Yeah, when. When can when? they get in contact with you, Dr. Elliot? When they've enjoyed <laughs> so it. So they can just uh, check out my website. So it's www.hypnosis-expert.com. That's H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S-E-X-P-E-R-T.com. Have you got anything up and coming at the moment? Yes. Have you got any talks booked? Have you got any books that have been written? Have you got any other collaborations that are happening? I don't do collaborations just with my brothers from another's. Yes. Right? So um, I am writing a book at the moment, interestingly enough. Um, I'm writing a book on um, an experience that I've had with a client who thought he was Jesus. Do you, want me, do you want me to tell you this story quickly? Yes. Right? Obviously. So, that um, fucking loaded. So, so here, I've got to tell you this, right? So I had this woman contact me from the States and she says, you've been recommended to me. Can you help my son? He thinks he's Jesus. So I said, well, you know, that, that's quite a big ask to help Jesus, but, you know, who knows, right? <laughs> I am God. And... Um, <laughs> I said, <laughs> legend. legend. So, uh, so, I deal with two godlike characters every day. I think I could have handled this one. In, in case you were just listening, as I just gave uh, Reese a little slap on the thigh there. Um, we can hear it. it with your penis. So, so, anyway, so I said, I don't really know if I can help Jesus, but oh, if you can get the hospital that he's under, he's on a private, is it a private institution, to FedEx me all the notes over, I'll certainly have a look at them, right? Anyway, so this woman, because of who she is, very high profile woman, um, managed to get this private hospital, which they were paying seven grand a week for to keep her son. He'd been in there for five years, five years thinking he was Jesus, right? To FedEx me over all these notes. So I'm reading through all these notes and, and I phone her up and I say, yeah, I think there's something I can do. I think I can help your son. However, I need a definitive letter 
from the director of the hospital to say that I can come in and do whatever I want without question. And I don't want you to question me either. And, and the money was no issue. So she sent me over a private plane and I flew out to see her son. And I said, listen, I, I have some stipulations. I want to go and see him on Good Friday. And I want some wood. And I gave her the dimension. And I said, I want some hammer. And I want some nails. And I want two big guys. And I want them dressed in a certain way, right? I think I know where this is yeah. going. Yeah. Now, I have a unique religious upbringing. In fact, you know, I don't believe in a faith. But I went to a Catholic boarding school. I then had to listen to Judaism for three years because I had a stepfather like that before I left the house. You know, so I have a unique upbringing in terms of religious upbringing and education. And anyway, I went to see this guy and I said to him, you're Jesus, right? I didn't even let him speak. And I said to the guys, start nailing the cross together. And I grabbed him by the wrist and I held his hand up and I took a pen and marked out on his hand. And I said, you know what happens today? Today's Good Friday, right? But we're going to nail you to the cross. But I need to make sure you're Jesus. I need to make sure 100% because once I've nailed you to the cross, there is no going back, right? I mean, don't worry. Monday, you're going to return because you're Jesus and you rise on Monday. So you don't need to worry about this too much. But of course, you're Jesus. So I'm going to nail you to the cross. Make sure them nails are put together. And these guys are banging the cross together. This guy's like a rabbit in the headlights. He is freaking out. But, 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 but I'm not letting him speak, right? So I turn to him. I go, listen, I want to make sure you're Jesus. 100% you're Jesus. He starts shouting out his name. What was most interesting is this was the first time in five years he had acknowledged his name. I spent the rest of the day with him and I leveraged from that point for him to understand who he really was, tell me about his family, his upbringing, everything. This is a man who thought he was Jesus for five years. I broke that in that instance, in that one moment in time by doing that one thing. You know what I did? Because I've been asked many times by lots of psychologists. When I read those notes, they all said the same thing. They didn't use the same words, but they said the same thing, which was ultimately, don't be ridiculous. You can't be Jesus, right? Do you know what the definition of madness is? The definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. Right? Einstein. Yeah. Yeah. So what did I do? I thought, I'm not going to do the same thing they're all going to do. I'm going to step into his reality. I'm going to behave as if he is Jesus because I want him, instead of me telling him he's not, I want him to tell me he's not, right? Yeah. And that's what I did. Wow. Yeah. Breaking the state the right yeah, way. Yeah, breaking the state. Breaking. Three months later, this guy's out of the hospital. We're now five, six, seven years on. The guy's never been back to hospital. Never, never. Knows who he is. You know why? I stepped into his reality and I took him to the most extreme point in that life for him yes. to tell me he wasn't Good Jesus. Lad. Good lad. Pro proper TTT star. Proper. I can't wait for that fucking book to come out. I know we're not allowed to talk about reading books because of Champions of Mind. We don't like books, but can we read that one? Yeah, it's probably going to be it's going to be audio book. Oh, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I've really enjoyed this. I did Me not. Uh, well, it's gone uh, very again, easy, hasn't it? I the boys, you. the boys, you. don't speak very highly of very many people. There's literally two of their mates from back in the day and you. I've only ever heard them. I appreciate speak that. With nothing but good things to say about three people that. in two years. There's only three people, and you and you're one of them. And, and I came in today, not. Um, not expecting to them to be wrong, but not expecting them to be as right as they were. Now, oh, now I, you, I just get it. I just fucking you get see? it. He, Pro yeah, James, yeah, yeah. James yeah. keep this on. Don't edit this bit out. Properly cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Can't fake it. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean? You only need to find one of these, yeah. two of these relationships, and that's you set for life. Yeah, yeah. of course do, it do is. Do you know what I mean? Of course it is. It is bizarre. Brilliant. Yeah. But, but you, you've got to want to take enjoyment out of watching people grow. Hmm? And that and that's kind of like that works both ways. Yeah, yeah. of course, mm. of course. Too right. Wow, it's an unusual end to the Champions of Mind podcast, but it's been a fantastic one. If you want to get in touch with Dr. Elliot Wold, go to his website or find him on YouTube. You can look at uh, how he uh, cured a phobia of soup, mud, needles, balloons. What was the other one? Heights. Heights. And there yeah. was a, there was another one on GMTV. Someone wanted, someone wanted to be taller. What did he make him taller? But so so I got. I'm missing you about that. I got to his core. What was his core? What was it he really wanted? Because he didn't want to be taller, right? He wanted confidence, and somehow he thought if he stood up and was taller, he'd be more confident. Do you understand? Is it yeah, our old videographer? Of course. Oy, oy, oy. I have to just shout that one in there. Shout out, not shouting him out. It's the end of the Champions of Mind podcast. Recently, you know what time it is. Let's get out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Champions of Mind podcast. 
If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Share this episode with one friend that you think it might help and give the Champions of Mind team a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.